Welcome to 20 Not Something, the podcast for 20-somethings who haven't quite figured out what their something is yet. Each week, I'll be speaking to a different guest about their experiences of this messy decade to reassure you that everything turns out all right in the end. Because doing something in your 20s can actually mean doing anything that makes you happy. Today, I am joined by television presenter and fresh produce consultant, Chris Bavin. You might know him from presenting on a host of BBC food shows, but Chris actually spent the majority of his 20s working in wholesale food exports. Turning 20 on the turn of the century, Chris was headhunted to work for a large company selling flowers before moving over to fresh produce. His decade was spent prioritizing his career above most other things. And two years after meeting his wife, Millie, the two of them opened their own high street store called The Naked Grocer when Chris was 29. They ran the business for seven years, and in that time, the store won the title of National Independent Retailer of the Year twice, thanks to its loyal customers, their passion for fresh ingredients, and being ahead of its time with no plastic packaging. Chris's career then took an unforeseen turn in his 30s, when in 2013, he was cast to co-present Eat Well for Less on BBC One, which led him on to present other shows, including Food, Truth or Scare, and Judging on Britain's Best Home Cook with co-star and national treasure, Mary Berry. Chris is a food fanatic, a proper people person, and can banter his way out of trouble in any given situation. His 20s are evidence that working towards something you're deeply passionate about can often lead you somewhere better than you could have predicted. Chris Bavin, welcome to 20 Not Something. Hello, how are you? (laughs) Very well, thank you, very well. Do you know what? I just saw an email come through as I was reading that saying that my um, visa had been updated I'm basically waiting on my visa to Canada and it said there's an there's a change in your application status and now I'm freaking out because I'm like oh my god what if I've what if I've just got to Canada um sorry anyway but yeah I'm good <laughs> this, is, this is more interesting than talking about my 20s why don't you check 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 whether you can go to Canada Feel free no, to my god. Imagine. I'll, I'll talk amongst myself don't worry I can... <laughs> no but I, I feel like you're more important oh well I'm, I'm not but thank you that's very kind and what a lovely intro that's very very lovely um yeah, yeah it's interesting you know you don't sort of take time very often to to look back and I, I do you know what and weirdly it's something that you know when I do sort of not motivational talks but go and, and do talks with with people yeah that's something that I always say that actually we should do it more often you know it's good because we're so focused on where we're going and what we want and what we're hoping to achieve and what's next that, that we very seldom allow ourselves that time to to reflect and to look back um and and actually I think there should be that maybe thankful and grateful and, and appreciative and, and, and proud of, of, of what you've achieved and, and where you are, because I think, you know, human nature isn't ever to sort of look at where we are and what we've achieved and what we've done. It is always to, to continue looking forward. So I think it's something that we should do. It's something I recommend doing, but, but actually ironically something that I don't really do. So yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it's a, an interesting, exciting opportunity to do that. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. No, I 100% agree with you. And I think that as well, like even being in my 20s now, I will look back to where I was when I was 20 and all the things that I wanted. And I rarely congratulate myself for actually doing that. Like if I told my 18 year old self that, oh, I mean, you're going to be interviewing. I mean, I used to watch Eat Well for Less when I was <laughs> like seven years ago. So if I was telling seven year old, you know, seven year ago me that I was interviewing you, then you know congrats like well done you know yeah, but, um, <laughs> when um when you were looking into your 20s 
Can you remember what the one thing that you wanted the most was from that decade? What were you most like excited by? I think it was, I, I had a sort of borderline obsession with getting on the housing market, I think, you know. Um, but yeah, I think that was probably one of my main goals. And, and then it was sort of very, as you said in your your intro, that that, that was the, the year that the sort of penny dropped, the, the, sorry, the decade for me that the penny dropped and I really started focusing on my career. Um, and And probably for the first time, I wasn't overly academic. I didn't really... I wouldn't say I excelled at school. Uh, I, I certainly didn't really explore any further education. Uh, didn't go to university. Um, so I suppose, and I didn't have like a clear direction. You know, we had no sort of family ties to, to flowers or fresh produce, or I had no real idea of what I was going to do. So I think when I found it, or it found me, whatever, then I sort of that for the first time, I really sort of applied myself and knuckled down and, and really sort of, you know, focused and committed to it. So mm. it was career and, and property were the two sort of main goals, really, I would say, um, that, that sort of drove me in, in that decade. Mm. And with your career, I mean, you are so passionate about food. Like, I think I'm a foodie because I think of food pretty much all moments of the day. It's like, what am I having for dinner? What am I having breakfast? But the way that you talk about and like, appreciate fresh produce and seasonal foods, like, you, you can tell that you are so deeply passionate about it. And I'm curious as to whether your drive comes like to, for, to succeed and like to have that that career was that driven by passion or did you feel a fear surrounding that in terms of really wanting to get there but worried that you that you might not how was that for you yeah I think there's probably a bit of of everything in there I think you know I've always enjoyed cooking I've always liked food but my passion for for fresh produce um has grown with in accordance with my career you know having worked with some of the finest growers in the world having worked with some of the finest products in the world you know seeing how much energy and and effort and love uh, and care goes into you know growing breeding shipping you know selling these these items you know seeing how much goes into this it causes that appreciation, I suppose. Um, and so it's just sort of grown. And then also, uh, you know, the imposter syndrome is something that, that I 100% have. Uh, I think most people have it really, you know, somewhere along the line to, to some degree or another. And there were, there was, I've always been surrounded by people who were either, you know, better educated than me or have been in the industry longer than me or have had, you know they're generational so you know I could be I'm up against someone who's third generation fourth fifth whatever you know worked in the business you know for 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 you know decades or whatever so I've always felt like I've needed to work harder you know that's mm. the that's the one thing and that's what I say to to my boys you know it's you can't decide whether you're you have a natural aptitude for something or whether, you know, you excel at something or, or you, you know, you pick something up quickly or, or, or have a natural talent for something. That's not a decision that you get to make, mm. but a decision you can always make is that I will always work harder than, than anyone else. You know, and lots of people say that now, and it's very common on social media for, for people to, you know, no one works harder than me. You know, I've, we've all got 24 hours in a day and you've got to make the <laughs> You know, that's that's very now, isn't it? You know, yeah, everybody's you know, sort of 
it's like it's it's and I think there's a real negative of that. I think I think you've got that if you can awaken that drive in you, however you come mm. to that, um, and that will come at different stages. And there's no there's no formula. There's no like by twenty five you should really be knuckling down. You know, if you haven't found your thing, like I could, I would if I was working somewhere else, would I be that driven? Would I be that passionate? Would I be prepared to to, to go above and beyond all the time? Pro- possibly not. You know, mm. um, so. I think, and this is probably if if you if you were to sort of if for me to summarise my twenties and 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 make a comparison, there's there's lots of differences. You know, it was a long time ago in my twenties, and the, and things have changed significantly. But I think probably the hardest thing for 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 young people in their twenties now is the expectation and the pressure that comes with the social media, not just social media, but but social media is. It puts it in everybody's face. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it puts it on everybody's radar. Everybody is acutely aware of, of what everybody else can do and what everybody else is or what everybody seems to be doing. And the, the, I think that expectation level is 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 bonkers, really. I mean, I in my 20s, I was fairly anti-social media. I was never I think the only thing we sort of had was Facebook um maybe myspace or something was was out or you know friends reunited and stuff like that you know but um but it was but it wasn't ma- it wasn't it wasn't enormously mainstream i think facebook was becoming mainstream but i wasn't on it i, I, mm-hmm. I i've never had a facebook account and still don't and i, and I know that 20, 20 year olds probably don't now because it's you know seems old fashioned yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely but um but at the time that was the 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 main sort of cutting edge new social media platform which i wasn't on but I think that freedom that we had in our twenties to 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 not have a not not have a digital footprint of everything you do, and mm. also see you know have these unrealistic, unachievable highlight reels from from all different people in yeah. the palm of your hand on a daily basis, and it must it can only it can only serve to to maybe maybe there is well look I'll be fair maybe there is a positive maybe it does generate that helps connection and yeah you know know, what and 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 you sort of you realize what's possible and and you sort of increase your aspirations as a result of it and so I will give it that but I think that's a fairly small percentage Mm. the majority of it I think it's just relatively demoralizing and 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 people just think oh I'm he's they're 25 I'm 25 look they've got a you know crypto portfolio they've got a property portfolio they've got you know this business that they're doing this they're in influencing this they you know all of those things um and and it's that's not achievable for for lots of people and you never know their story you know you never mm-hmm. know how they've got there or what what has enabled it you know people are generally not like sort the you know, people are, are sort of reluctant to say John you know I'm really really lucky like a friend of my parents helped me get this mm-hmm. thing or you know all my my superior education or, or network or whatever really opened doors to me people generally don't reflect in that manner they you know, mm. you know well, it's down to my hard work it's like yeah well it is as well but but not exclusively and the same with me like I had a, a stroke of luck like you know people would say you know, you, how do you go from being a greengrocer to being on telly? That was just a absolutely random stroke of luck. Mm. But so, what they say about luck is that it's what happens when hard work meets preparation, right? So, like, 
you put yourself in that position. It's lucky that you were there at that time. But if you hadn't have had the 10 years that you'd had working fresh produce, or if you hadn't have prepared yourself or like were the person that you are, then you wouldn't, it wouldn't be lucky because you wouldn't have been there and you wouldn't have got it. That's how I feel anyway. But I think is that, and there is an element to that as well, but, but there would also be people out there that have worked as hard, done as much, maybe even mm-hmm. more. That mm-hmm. didn't get that break. Mm. You know, maybe they got another one further down the line. Like you sort of hope that that is true. That's, you know, and it, that is a mantra that I sort of subscribe to. The harder you work, the luckier you get. And there is an element of truth in there, but luck is luck. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter how, yeah. how hard you work. You know, some people work harder than anyone could ever imagine and don't get that break. Don't mm. get that, you know, um, roll of the dice. And, and so, yeah, but but I, I do subscribe to that notion, and I think we should. I think there's that it's a positive thought process to subscribe to, isn't it? That yeah. you know, that, that I, if I keep doing my thing, and and also I think that you, you sort of don't look at the end goal too much because a that might not be what you want, b it might not be achievable, and c it, that doesn't. The, and this is like this again, like everything I'm saying now feels like a social media, like meme or, or <laughs> gift or something, you know, but it is about that journey. You know, and they say that what, you know, happiness, like happiness is, is not getting to where you want to go. Happiness is figuring out where you want to go and partaking on that journey. Like that's, that's when you're happy that you have a goal. Mm. That you know that you have a target, that you that you have ambitions, or or you want to achieve X, Y, or Z, and and when you get to that space, that's when you're happy because you're working towards something. And mm. apparently, that's supposed to be actually better for us than than actually achieving it. Because I think when you get it, it's like it's either not going to live up to you know, it's not going to be what you expected, or then it's like, well, what now? You know, mm. what what now? Like, where where where's my purpose now? So be careful, you know, that you don't. Yeah focus too much on on that and go i don't think i answered your question in any way shape or form there no, I just no, you did. <laughs> talked in various different tangents and directions no no but. you did you did i just realized that i quoted it wrong it's hard work uh, luck is what happens when hard work meets opportunity but yeah no you're totally right about the whole you know happiness thing and the human condition is to always want more like we're yes. programmed from a young age to always want more and that's such a good thing because if we didn't then we'd be stagnant and we would be growing and we would be learning but when it comes to that it can be quite detrimental and one thing i did want to talk to you about is sacrifice because i know that in your notes me you said that a lot of your 20s was sacrificed with pursuing your career and you know starting your business you were working 80 90 hours a week what were the things that you had to sacrifice in order to keep the dream alive like what were the main things you noticed so you know traveling Mm. Uh, I, I didn't travel, uh, and that, that's something that, that that you know I look back and regret. I also regret not going to university. I think if I had my time again, I, I would I, w- I would have really liked to have done that. Whether it would have been whether it would have come at the right time for me or not, I, I you know I, you can't say. I would assume it, knowing my character, then probably not. You know, now if 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 lock me in a university, you know, lock me in a room with someone that wants to teach you things. 24 hours a day that's just that's incredible isn't it you know mm-hmm. ma- imagine having a you know a, a professor or a specialist or an expert in a field that that is you know paid to teach you that's just nuts you know <laughs> and that would be amazing just you know it would be just the, the, the most amazing thing 
but I think at, at you know early twenties, I think you know maybe you're not in that space, you know, to 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 really make the most of that mm-hmm. experience. But 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 anyway, I, I think I would have liked to have gone to university. Whether that would have have, have yielded what I I sort of imagine now or not, I don't know. Um, travel, you know, I would have liked to have, have travelled, but 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 I could, you know, countless stag do's, weekends away parties you know I was the guy that that left the party early because I had to be up at three o'clock the next morning always you know I mean we were at Glastonbury in I can't remember 2000 something David Bowie's about to come on and this and this haunts me still to this day well I've driven down there I'm working the next day and I've got to be up at sort of four or five the next morning we're in Glastonbury David Bowie's about to come and do his headline set, and I, I and I'd left it late and late and late, and I'm like, I've got it, like this is this is ridiculous. And I've got a really long drive home, and I'd taken, I'd driven a, a few of us, but two were, were supposed to be coming back with me, and I said, look, guys, I've, I've got to go. You don't have to come, but I have to go, and they couldn't get home another way, so they came very reluctantly and it is now heralded as David Bowie's greatest ever gig and these two friends of mine you know although we are still friends have never forgiven me <laughs> never forget but but at the time I was like we'll catch him another time man like but I yeah. have to I have to be at work like and I wasn't I was you know I, I I was never one to phone in sick or be late like that was not my how I did things, you know, I, I, and so there's that, you know, weekends away, I can't go, I've got, I've got to work or, or, you know, we're going on to this thing or, you know, whatever, I can't go, I've got to be back like that. So those just week or almost weekly sacrifices. Mm. Um, listen, I wasn't a, a monk, like I did sort of, you know, I still, I still sort of had that time in my twenties, but, but, but nowhere near as much as, as all my peers. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you you make those sacrifices at the time because you're doing what you think is the quote unquote right thing to do. Um, and at the end of the day, at the time, you never know what what is going to happen or what the result of that might be. And I was thinking earlier when I was prepping for this, I was like, is a sacrifice still a sacrifice if you're willing to sacrifice it? Yes, well, th- yeah. I mean, wow, that's very profound. First of all, first of all, um, it, well, it isn't. It isn't, isn't it? Like, it, it's still you are still sacrificing something that you would like to do. Like, it's mm. it's almost the, the lesser of two evils or Sophie's choice. You know, this. Yes, of course, I would love to stay and watch David Bowie on on you know headline Glastonbury. I would love that. Nothing. I would love nothing more than that. And actually, I would love that more than doing this. Mm-hmm but I am prepared to not do that because I need to do this, whether that be through obligation or, Mm. you know, you know, as a sense of duty or whatever. So it's still, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You're absolutely right. Is it a sacrifice if you're prepared to do it? I think it still is. I think, you know, but, but you're, you're making that choice. You're making that decision, you know, and, and I, and you know, regret, regret, like regret is is also tiered, isn't it? You know, deeply, deep. Like I, I wish I, you know, and also, oh, God, that's that. I feel bad that I did that, but 
<clears throat> but I understand. But I understand. I like. I did it for the right reasons, and I don't regret the the the, the action of doing it. Mm-hmm. I, it's obviously a shame I didn't get to do these things because they would have been great. But also, you know, like it's. Got, I didn't regretting a really bad decision. Yeah. Is, is real regret, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. I wish I had never done that because that was a bad, bad decision that has had bad consequences. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have done that. That mm. is, that's you know a bit Different. further than mine, isn't yeah. it? On the, on the spectrum of regret, you know. But uh, but yeah, yeah. No, that, so yeah, I, I did sacrifice lots. Uh, and but but uh, you know, you, you make your you make your choices, don't you? Exactly, you do, you do. And at the end of the day, it all comes down to prioritizing. And if you are being I said this on the podcast before, it kind of always comes back to this, to be honest, which fills me with a lot of joy because it's like, as long as you are doing something which right now in this moment in time, you love and you are passionate about and you feel like a warmth when you're doing it. I know it sounds so corny, but then in 20, 30, 40 years time, you're not going to be able to regret it because it is what you wanted. Mm. You know, people who are in uh, you know high flying jobs in london for example many of my friends who work really hard and they're on really good money some people are like oh well you know they can't be happy because you know they're in the they're in the corporate world and la 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 and actually some of them are really quite happy with that and if they're happy with that then that's great because then again in 20 years time they're not going to look back and be like oh, i wish i went traveling because they knew that that's what they wanted anyway yeah that's no, yeah i agree but um, I actually wanted to ask you, so you obviously started the business with your, well, she wasn't your wife at the time, but she then became your wife. And I just wondered how it is to be in a relationship with someone and start a business together, because you must have been working every, like, like seeing each other every sort of minute of the day. Was that, was that a challenge or was it, was it really rewarding? Yeah. Yeah, well, both. I mean, it's challenging, great, and 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 presents challenges. You know, obviously, yeah. And and starting starting a business on your own is hard. Starting a business with someone is hard. Starting a business you know, with a stranger is hard. Starting a business with with a loved one is hard. You know, so yeah. And, and I was inexperienced. You know, I was. It was. I mean, it was, it was basically the, it, the the naked grocer came out of. I'd worked in the in in and around the wholesale markets my my whole adult life. And I was seeing the decline of of greengrocers and my customer. So a green, I would supply as an importer, I would supply the wholesale markets. The wholesale markets would then in turn supply the greengrocers and caterers and, and restaurants and street traders and barrow, barrows and stuff like that. Um, so, so my customer base was seeing its customer base diminishing mm. in, the, in, the, in the traditional sense. And that's what they were telling me. They're saying like, you know, green grocers are closing, you know, green grocers aren't a, a, as busy as they were, you know, the supermarkets are really emerging and, and we're seeing a big shift in, in people's uh, shopping habits. And I just thought that was bonkers. And I thought there's no way that a good green grocer doesn't have a place on, on, on the high street. Like, you know, it's, you know, it's a cornerstone of, of, you know, community. It's it's an amazing place. I love to go to a green grocer. Why doesn't everyone love to go to a green grocer? It doesn't make any sense to me. So I th- thought I'm going to open one and see what the problem is. Like, which is just pretty reckless, really. Looking back, you know, having never really worked in retail or uh, having no experience in in any of that sort of stuff, you know. And it was just, it was uh, a steep, steep learning curve. Um, 
so so it was it was a a, a real sort of uh, what's the word self you know explorate like I I, I mm. learned a lot about myself in that time. And then to do that within a young relationship as well is obviously hard. And, and you know, I, I'm a, I was exhausted, you know. But again, that probably there's an element of sacrifice within that as well. You know, the, mm. you know poor Millie, my wife, you know, Mother's Days that she hasn't had the opportunity to celebrate because we, we had a florist as well. And, you know, Valentine's, you know, I mean, loads of, 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 of big moments uh, not big moments but you know but, but sort of moments in time that that I've not been in a position to sort of celebrate or or or, mm. or do much with because of that um and also she made sacrifices to sort of support my dream in in opening the shop you know that wasn't ever her dream she you know she had no desire to open a, a green grocer um or, but but did it you know and, and worked alongside me um as did two of my sisters uh as did you know friends and and uh, you know it was it was an amazing time but it was challenging but yeah it's a uh, it it it, it, it it can work and it can not work. You know, I think mm. it depends on the, on the people, on the personalities, on the characters and stuff, you know, and, and for some people's, some people it would be really hard and some people it would be amazing. So um, we probably found ourselves somewhere in the middle of that. Somewhere in the middle. Well, it clearly paid off because you're still together and you've got three lovely children. So that's there right, you go. That's right. Can't be all bad. <laughs> it can't be. <laughs> and then I was just wondering before we move on to play the game at the end, obviously going into TV, I mean, such a, roundabout u-turn i don't know if at the time you'd ever considered presenting but how did that come about and when you look at that now is that just like baffling to you how that sort of happened yeah yeah i mean i think if you asked a younger person now what they would like to do i think you know working in the media would probably Mm. be sort of higher you know i think we're not as we're not as we don't have as we don't hold the media world in the the same high regard with that sort of mystique and and sort of impenetrable sort of you know it's for for the the it was for megastars and that was it but now you know you could have a youtube channel you can have a podcast you can have a vlog or a blog or or and, and you're you know you're basically on you know you're basically on telly anyway you know, with with your with your videos on your social medias and, and all of that. So, you know, like my kids, you know, they they've seen themselves on telly. Like they've never done a TV show, but I can put photos of them on our telly. I can put mm. videos of them on our telly. Like that is that isn't so. That doesn't feel so random. So I think if you asked a younger person now, you know, working in media would probably sort of be quite high up. Whereas when I was a, a, a kid, like that was not an option. That was something that I can assure you now, I it had never crossed my mind, not even for a split second, not one nanosecond had I ever thought, I wonder if I could be on telly. Like but that was just, mm. so yeah, when, when they phoned, it was just bizarre. Yeah. I mean, I got a phone call randomly one day, and I, I, do you know what? Like this is how ill prepared I was to to the idea of it. I was like, I don't think this is for me, really. Like they said, would you, you know, have you ever considered being on telly? Like a researcher phoned me up out of the blue for, for RDF, uh, mm. and I said, no, I've, I've never considered that. They said, well, would you like to? Maybe we got this show idea. Would you? Would you consider? And I'm like, no, no, I don't think. <laughs> 
I'm working like 80, 90, 100 hours a week. I've got two jobs. I'm super busy. Like I thought they might give me like, I don't know, like a fiver or some luncheon vouchers or my bus fare and and, and, and that would be it, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I politely declined. I flattered, but probably not for me. Um, but luckily for me, they persevered and, and sort of, we went to the market. We did like a sizzler tape, like a taster tape. Um, and I'm eternally grateful for the boys in the market for for that because, you know, we came in unannounced with a film crew. They could have, and you know, they're they're quite, you know, the banter is is quite um, prevalent in that area. Um, and, and they could have not played the game properly. They could have tried to, you know, set me up a little bit or or not sort of go along with it. But to you know, to their credit, they they did everything that the 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 film crew was asking of them and mm. and you know really played their part in that so you know I'm I'm always grateful for for that but um but yeah it it does it, it whenever I take the time very rarely to look back um it does always feel a bit strange and yeah something that I'm I'm very grateful for and and was very lucky that was luck that was pure luck you know mm. Mm. oh I love that yeah it's such a mad thing because you're so right I think um people now like the a lot of people I see on social media as well especially TikTokers and even people who come out of Love Island they're like I want to be a presenter I want to be a presenter um so but the market is so saturated now with people who want to do that like technically I'm a presenter on this podcast like so it it is yeah you're right it's it's very um it's a lot more prevalent now I guess um yeah if you're, <laughs> I wrote this question, it's going to be totally random, but on the food, on the food front, <laughs> um, if your 20s was a piece of fresh produce, what would it be? Wow. What, what a great question. Um, if my 20s, if I summed up my 20s as a piece With of a fresh food. Produce, ooh, uh, what would it be? Crikey. I think it would probably be, oh, wow. You stumped me there. <laughs> you can think about it and come back to it at the end. Cool. So this is Millennial Minesweeper. And it is a quotes game where I would just read out uh, some quotes and facts from articles. They're kind of about your 20s, but they're mainly just about kind of philosophical thoughts of life. And you've just got to give me your opinion on them. So yeah. our first one is... The problem isn't the problem. The problem is the way you think about the problem. Yeah, well, yes and no. I mean, I think we, we, we're so good now of just putting these, like, philosophical or, you know, quotes to something. Mm. You, you can have a real problem. Like, you can have a real problem. That, that doesn't matter how you think about it. This is a problem. Like, even if you had a team of of buddhists and and you know whoever yeah you, you there are legitimate problems in the world we can't just you know mindset our way out we can't just posit positivity is not the answer to everything however however yes absolutely perspective is enormous mm. um and there's a fable isn't there about the the chinese farmer and uh, things keep happening to him and and the villagers come to him and say, oh, that was bad. You know, like, so his horse escapes. And they say, that's bad, isn't it? He says, yeah, maybe. And then the next mm-hmm. day, a, 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 a herd of, of wild horses 
is herd the collective noun for horses? Sure. Pack, pack, <laughs> a pack of wild horses come into his field and, and the, the villagers say, that's, that's good, isn't it? He says, yeah, maybe. Mm. And then his son is, is trying to get these horses in, in a different field and, and one of them kicks him and he breaks his leg. And the villagers say, that's bad. We're sorry. He says, well, yeah, maybe. And then the, the army come and do their conscription. And because of his broken mm. leg, he couldn't go to serve in the war. So it's all about, you don't know whether something is good, bad or indifferent at the time, because there will be consequences as a result of that. And they may be good or bad, you know, so something that seems good may not be as good as you think. And something that, that seems bad at the time may turn out to be an opportunity for something else or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it, the perspective is, is, is important. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I would also say some problems are real problems and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how you think about that. That is an issue. So it's yeah. yeah in the middle. Oh, I love that. So philosophical. Yeah. Um, Stephen Bartlett said that who's one of my favorite, uh, he's Dyra CEO. He's the new dragon on Dragon's Den. And okay. I, I love him so much. I just rave about him, but you are right. Yeah. Problems. I mean, something like climate change, that's still a problem regardless of how you think about it, but your actions towards it obviously change, but that's quite a dramatic one. But yeah, in terms of personalising issues, like my coffee spills over onto my laptop, that's a problem, but is it a problem I'm going to let ruin my day or my week? Probably not, because what would be the point? But, but, But imagine, you know, putting your children to bed, hungry because you haven't got enough money for food that's a real problem Mm. you could look at it like but at least i have a child you know Mm. at least he has a bed or they have a bed but that's still a massive problem like but it's but what i think the key the key to mindset is to not allow yourself to just be all consumed by the problem Mm -hmm. i think you have to be able to try and go right this is the issue what can I, what can I do about it? And I'm a great believer in only worrying about what you can affect. If something is beyond your control, like don't spend too much time and energy worrying about it because there's nothing you can do about it. Only, you know, only you can control the controllables, worry about what you can, what you can affect and change. And, Mm. and yeah, it is about, you know, which is easier said than done as well. And, I, and I'm always aware that, you know, I sit here in, in a position of, you know, in, in a position of comfort, really, compared to many. My life's not completely comfortable. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I still have my challenges and all the rest of it. But but I am still very lucky, very fortunate. So, and it's, and and being philosophical and pragmatic and, and you know, having the, you know, the, the chance to put things into perspective is also a luxury that not everybody has. Like, you know, mm. like there are people that will be on like co- all consumed by, by challenges and issues mm-hmm. and, 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 and a, and a sense of helplessness and hopelessness. So I think, you know, I think we have to always sort of moderate this, you know, oh, but just think about it in a different way. I'll just take some time for you or, you know, have you considered breathing techniques or whatever, <laughs> you know, like, it's like what? <laughs> yeah, I know. Recognizing your privilege. Have you had a cold yeah. shower this morning. Like I hear that is like really like in big. Like what? I'm like I'm like I'm crippled with debt here. Like yeah, my yeah. family's ill or whatever. You know. So I think we have to. We always. We, I'm like I don't think we should ever have 
the privilege of being able to like have conversations like this or thoughts like this, Mm -hmm. we should never lose sight of that's a luxury in itself. Mm. That's such a good point, which I don't think anyone's actually made on this podcast. So thank you for saying that. Um, Our second quote is maturity breeds greater patience in relationships. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that, yeah, I would say that. I think you sort of find your level. You you sort of learn what's really important, what's not. And you you, you sort of, you. but also then you have your non-negotiables as well. So I mm-hmm. think actually as you get older, you sort of cement your, no, 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 this is, that's my line. And this is, you know, so I think, yeah, I think you probably, you know, you, you sweat small stuff less. I think you probably mm-hmm. become a bit more pragmatic and oh, whatever, you know, it is what it is. You know, that's one of my favourite expressions, by the way, which <laughs> probably gives you a sense of, of who I am. You know, it is what it is, you know, like, uh, <laughs> um, so I don't, I try not to get too sort of caught up in all of that. But, uh, but yeah, I think you probably cement your non-negotiables a bit more as you get older. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Like you have your boundaries and you have your things. Yeah. Like, and that's fun. And that's, you've learned them and you go, no, like, this is what I want. This is what I need. You know, as long as that doesn't detract from anyone else's well-being or happiness, like that's your prerogative. Mm. But then I also think you become like, you know, a bit more laissez-faire about other things, you know? Definitely. Yeah. And I think when you're younger in relationships, you try to mold yourself around you who that yeah, person 100%. is. And then as you get older, you don't know who you are, really. Yeah, no. So you are like, you are this malleable sort of chameleon of, of, (laughs) I want to fit in here and I want to fit in there. And then eventually you go, no way. Like, that's not for me. Those people aren't for me. This is who I am. That's that. You know, you can take that too far, of course. Mm. You know, you you can take anything too far. But but yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think that, that, that is, that is right. In, in the most sense, I think you probably, the little things you sort of become a little bit more pragmatic about. Mm, for sure. Okay, and then our final one, we kind of touched on this earlier, sort of the whole theme of this chat, which is ironic because I picked these out before, but um, this is, there is no right time for anything, just do whatever feels right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that that is true. I think, you know, certainly those big things, those big moments, you know, the people, you know, marriage, family, property, business, whatever, you know, I think you can always find a reason why it isn't the right time. I think you could always probably mm-hmm. find a reason why it is. I think it will become the right time when you do it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that yeah. I think, and we spend lots of, there. there is this sort of uh, subconscious or unwritten calendar of, of, you know, you should be doing this by this age and this by this age. And, you know, um, and I, I, I don't think we should get too fixated with that. And it's the same when you have children. It's, it's so bizarre. Like, they should be walking by now. Like, mm. his friend, you know, Johnny's walking. Why is he not walking? And he should be talking. Or he should be doing this. You know, they will, like, it will happen at some stage or another and, and the right time and the, you know, the opportunities will present itself and, and, you know, yeah, I, I think that's, I, th- I think that is right. Mm. It used to really annoy me when people would say, just do what feels right. Just do what feels right. I'm like, what is right? Like yeah. the whole, the whole right and wrong paradox. That's the only issue I have with that thing. It's like, yes. I agree. There is no right time for anything, but like, how on earth are you supposed to know what's right? And sometimes you have to do the wrong thing to know what's right in the first place. 
Um, is, so, yeah. I think we're better at knowing what's wrong than what's right. Mm. I think we have a better red light than we do green light. Like, I don't go that, oh, yeah, I'll get a... Like, sometimes you do, but I get a really good feeling about this. This is, this is the right thing for me to do. I don't think you get that as much. You might be excited or, you know, it might, it might manifest itself in, in different ways. But I think we get a red light. I think we get, like, mm. I think your gut instinct is better at telling you, I don't feel this is right. Like it, it tells you no more than it tells you yes. I think your your gut, your your something in you, you know. Um, so yeah, I think yeah, I think there's an element of truth. There's an element of truth in everything, isn't it? I know. Uh, you know you, you, you <laughs> down enough, you know. You go, oh, there's there's a bit there. Um, but yeah, I think yeah. But you're right that what what we get told these sort of like visceral things all the time, don't we? Like to do what feels right or you know you'll you follow your heart or, or yeah. you're like what the heck does that mean like you know you're sat there going i do, like how do i apply that to real world stuff and i think yeah. that, uh, this is where we can go too far with this you know yeah. and you end up sort of you know g- going around in circles trying to find this thing that may or may not be there or, or you know you may not have the tools to to feel it or know it yet so I think sometimes there is just a case of like, you've just got to put one foot in front of the other until something like presents itself, you know, yeah. do, start doing something like, no, what you, know, you don't, you don't go to a job interview and go, ah, oh, you know, is this the right thing? How do I feel about this? Is my heart telling me this? Is this my love? Is this my passion? Because also actually there's a thing there like that, you know, do, 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 you know, do something you love and you'll never work it down your life or, or, you know, follow your dreams or, you know, love what you do and you're, you know, all of that. You won't love what you do straight away because, like, you have to immerse yourself in it. Like, and I I think you can find that in anything. I think you could, like, I think if you you, you embarked on any career, I think you could find an area of that career or industry that speaks to you, that that ticks your boxes. Because, like, if you're, if you say, I don't know, say you like people, like, you will find a job that, helps you interact with people that satiates that need mm-hmm. in mcdonald's in a in an amazon warehouse like wherever like does it like it does not everything has to be vocational for you mm-hmm. to love it you know it, it, like and let's face it we can't get away from the fact we all need to earn money like we don't all have the luxury of god i just want to help penguins you know like that's like i just want to I just want to work with penguins. It's like, yeah, great. Like, but that's like, get a job, develop your career, and then go and volunteer in the zoo at the weekend or something. Like, mm-hmm. you, we don't get to always like do what we like. Have, yeah, we don't always like. And as 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 brutal as that is, and I know that young people think that maybe some young people, and again, this is probably social media as well. Get, you know, we we all have the right to do what we love. Like, that's not true. And also sometimes when you do what you love, it becomes something that you don't yeah, because because you're doing it because you have to, as opposed to doing it because you want to. Yeah, if um, I get bit by another penguin, I'm gonna strangle one. Like, <laughs> like you know, can you imagine like, oh, it's just like you know, you fall out of love with it. And that that happens as well. Like your tastes and your your interests and, and what excites you changes. So like and you're right, yeah. Like, do you want your your passion, your hobby? 
when, when that becomes your, you, you know, the mundanity of the nine to five and the deadlines and the stress and the pressure and the expectation and all of that, that might change the way you feel about the thing that you love. Yeah. For so sure. maybe it should, maybe it should, maybe there's a thing that that should stay as a, as a passion project or a hobby or, or, or a, as a sideline or, or as, a, as a dream, maybe. Like mm. maybe it needs to stay as a dream mm. to enable you to get through, you know, washing dishes, whatever it is. Mm. Oh, Chris, thanks so much. This has been such a great chat and very deep and philosophical. Course, I had no yeah, idea you were up, such a... Yeah, for, for early on a, on a Wednesday morning. Yeah. I know. <laughs> um, what food before we wrap oh, up? I don't know. I, don't know. I think, I, I, I feel meal. Something, something like blueberries that, you know, are amazing, have, have all the raw ingredients but hadn't realised their potential yet like you know they were they were the right they were the right thing possibly at the wrong time and and they were going to have their day later on maybe oh I love that <laughs> great great way to finish thanks blueberry nice love for it his untapped, for his un, for his untapped potential at that moment because no one was you probably don't remember but no one was really eating blueberries in, in 2000 no it, that, you're that right Love that. Love that. Oh, thank you so much, Chris. My pleasure. Thank you ever so much. Lovely to see you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the 20 Not Something podcast. There is plenty more where that came from, so do hit subscribe to be the first to get notified of future episodes. It would also mean the world to me if you could please leave us a cheeky review on iTunes as that helps more people to find us. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Have a great week, whatever it is you're up to, and you will hear from us very soon.